welcome to the Retro Blood. Welcome back, everybody, to the Retro Blood. As we continue our Vampire Love Month here on the Retro Blood, celebrating 1980s vampires. Up next, if y'all like rankety strip clubs, if y'all like a girl Jody who's depressed during a whole movie, if y'all like a vampire trying to get a tan that has a sweet mullet, by the way. Did you see that mullet? I mean, fuck, bro. What? What? what uh, was how that? could you miss that mullet? Holy shit! I mean, that was the star of the like, show uh... with the mullet. Okay, come on now. Okay. <laughs> that guy looked like uh, one of the leftover Lost Boys. I know. Like didn't uh, make the movie. That's all I could think or, about. Or uh, Michael <laughs> Bolton. Yeah, I'm a Michael Bolton <laughs> reject Lost Boy. If y'all like that, and if y'all like bad running effects boy this is the movie for you brother because the retro bud is talking all about dance of the dam jay allison james klein how you feeling allison have you gone to a local strip club lately and bringing a stripper home for a thousand dollars to talk to her about the sun have you done that lately uh no um i i can't say that i'm the world's best uh, strip club expert but this is the weirdest looking strip club I've ever seen. Oh, that shit looked depressing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Where do they I mean, find this shithole? I mean, fuck, bro. That thing looks so depressing. Like, I'm I'm waiting I to mean, go back it, to American uh, Werewolf where they had that fucking peep show. That shit looked funner than this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that it, that this strip club looked literally it looked like what it literally was, which was the corner of a studio. Like they just <laughs> Built this little tiny stage and a bar, and then like they put up these like fake windows, and I, it's the weirdest thing. I've I don't. I will get it. One, bizarre. I will give it one props though. It did have a yeah. Miller High Life on tap sign. Ne- neon neon sign, sign brother. Yeah. When I saw that, I popped big. I was like, yeah, brother. Champagne and beers, brother. We got it at this strip club. Just imagine that you got the, the, the hype man I, outside. I, I, Right. I'm so glad you found this movie, man. This may be the best choice you've ever made for this show. I I love this. You actually, um, like- I actually have a lot. To- <laughs> I actually have a lot to say about the background of this movie that I found out after I watched it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's pretty hilarious. Wow. Like this is something. This is this is something else. It was and it was remade as well. Yeah. It was re- I, oh, um, and like okay, you know how like I was gonna talk about this more on the hoop book this shit. But I'm just gonna say it now. Yeah. Like. You know, usually when we do remakes, it's like, you know, 15 years in the future, you know. Now it's like ten, two years later. 10 years in the future. This shit was like four years later. They're like, okay, we yeah. want to forget about that shit. Watch this one. Okay. But four it's years. also just equally, equally as low budget, though. Because um, I've actually seen the remake, but I didn't know it was a remake of this movie. Yeah. Uh, but it had Charlie Spradling in it because I used to watch anything she was in because I used to have this giant. I used to think she was so hot. Um but um, but yeah. Are you saying that uh, our girl? Are you nice. saying that our girl Kate Shay needs to finish her story? <laughs> she, yeah, she needs to. She's like Cody. She needs to finish her story. Yes, she has to do it twice, brother, until she gets it right. Um, <laughs> I actually found out I'm a huge fan of Kate of uh, 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 Kate Shay. Is that her name? Yeah, yeah, Cat Shay. Catch it, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's that brew a blank for a second. I'm actually a huge fan of her, her work. Um, she made a strip to kill, and she made this movie called Poison Ivy that Drew Barrymore was in that I loved. 
Um, she's actually made quite a few uh, movies that I like a lot. Yeah, strangely enough. Yeah, I mean this one's interesting. It it, it did. It, it seems like right now we're on like this. Besides, you know the uh, Vampire Hunter D we did at the beginning of this month. It seems like a lot of our vampire yeah. stories are like these like artsy love triangles and shit, or like love stories. Mm-hmm. So and this was a non-artsy love story. I mean, it was kind of. You know what I mean. He, yeah, he, he brought her. I like how the vampire didn't have a name; he was just known as Vamp. So he yeah. like they, he brought her to you know his Richie house and stuff, and you know there's some crying going I'm, on. Yeah, I'm really kind of confused. I mean, we'll talk about it as we talk about the movie, but I can't really tell. Like sometimes she acted like she wanted to be there, and sometimes she acted like she was being held captive. So I'm not really sure what's good, what was going on in this. But uh, yeah, it's a very interesting. But uh, uh, but we'll get all we'll get all into it. Yeah, we'll get to there. We'll get to that. But before we do, like every Retro Blood, we talk about what is going on in the world of the metal music and the pro wrestling around this time. Allison, you know, we, you know, we, me and you are apt to, you know, wrestling fans, big wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Big wrestling fans. We went to the Royal Rumble in Tampa, you know, live. Because, you know, we, we actually live the the gimmick, brother. We're not like some of these faker podcast people out here, brother. We live it. Yep. We go to the movies we go to the metal concerts. We go to the wrestling shows. We live it. So we have, not only we watch it on TV, but we also have a live perspective on a lot of things. So something I want to mm-hmm. bring up with the yeah, wrestling, cool. which I think is pretty interesting, that I don't know if you can... Yeah, I think you could do it nowadays. So this movie came out in April 19th, 1989. And mm-hmm. this is only... It's probably couple weeks out uh, past Wrestlemania 5 that just happened because Wrestlemania 5 happened in uh, uh, April 2nd 1989 and of course uh, uh, Wrestlemania 5 uh, excuse me hold on <clears throat> of course Wrestlemania 5 <clears throat> was yes. in uh, uh, about, it was kind of like a back to back thing we talked about Earlier on, WrestleMania 4, which we're going to do in a Lights Out podcast, probably closer to WrestleMania time, which is around April, where we're trying to do the WrestleMania 4 versus Class of the Champions 1, which one had a better show, so look out for that in the future. But this is actually the next year, where they're still in Trump Plaza, and it was the big uh, grudge match between the Mega Powers. The Mega Powers explodes, brother. All right, one of my favorite WrestleMania matches and one of my favorite WrestleMania like buildups. Mm-hmm. And the thing I want to uh, talk about is, you know, from a, from a live perspective, you know, wrestling was a little different at, at this time. But this match would have been something to see. You know what I mean? Like at the time, you had Macho Man. You know what I mean? Which is kind of like the the workhorse champion. You know what I mean? Yep. Kind of like a Seth Rollins now. Then you got like the Hollywood champion, you know, Hawk Hogan, brother. You know what I mean? They're both colliding together. Yeah. And I always thought this was an interesting match because, you know, obviously the fans were totally behind Hogan. You know what I mean? Like they, you know, they wanted Hogan to win. He was the big off, you know, the big draw and everything. And of course, Randy Savage had the whole year, which he had a great run with the with the WWE championship throughout the whole year, you know, fighting you know, all kinds of great, you know, challengers and stuff w- with his belt. And mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see, like, if this is, like, nowadays, like, I could see 
the crowd going more towards a Randy Savage than they would be a Hulk Hogan. I just want to get your thoughts about that. You mean now versus then? Yeah, now, yeah, now versus then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, what's the equivalent now? I mean, you were talking about that would be like Roman Reigns and and uh, and Seth Rollins in a match against each other, basically, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Well, I mean, I think that people. Yeah, people would have def would definitely pull for Macho Man now as the as the more you know working class champion, which is weird to think of Macho Man as that. But yeah, and then you know, but back then people were just so brainwashed by Hulkamania that they were just like anything Hulk Hogan was uh, would do. You know, anything Hulk Hogan, they were just like, oh, give me Hulk Hogan, more Hulk Hogan. We haven't had enough Hulk Hogan. Um, although they would pretty soon after this yeah. have enough Hulk Hogan. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you're right. I, I mean, that, that's, I think that you're right that they, now they would pull more for wrestling fans would pull more for the working class type hero, the working hero than the Hollywood hero. Um, if that's what you mean, if that's what you're asking me. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Cause like, you know, my thought is like, you know, so wrestling, you know, how it different now? You know, obviously, when this was happening, we didn't have, like, you know, a Monday Night Raw, like, every week. You know what I mean? Right. Like, wrestling, they had primetime wrestling. You know what I mean? But primetime wrestling yeah. at this particular time was, you know, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon talking about some of the live events or squash matches that happened in the past week or something. Yeah. So most of the business was, like, a touring business. At, at this particular time, um, they did yeah, have. It was still about selling tickets. Yeah, still about selling tickets and everything. And of course, they would still promote some of their big matches and angles on primetime wrestling, because uh, you know, and also too on Saturday night uh, main event as well too. I think in that Saturday night main event, that's when we had the uh, the Mega Powers truly exploding with uh, Macho Man. You know, with the Miss Elizabeth getting knocked off the rope, Hogan like a snake taking her to the back to do God knows what with her. Okay. God knows what. And then God Randy knows. Savage comes back there, and he catches his ass, and he wants to beat up Hulk Hogan for trying to take his woman. All right? I'm just saying that if the roles were reversed nowadays, I'm pretty sure there would be a lot of Macho Man fans more nowadays than there were back then. But, yeah, you know, if, but to be honest with Allison, I think back in the day, if I was my age and I was watching that, I'd probably be more of a Randy Savage fan. For this particular angle. So. Yeah. True. True. So I just. You know. Um, go ahead. No. I was going to say. Yeah. That's basically. Yeah. I, I I mean. I agree with what you're saying. I, I think that that is. That is an accurate statement. Like. I, I feel like I would be a, a Randy Savage fan for sure. Yeah. I mean. It just. You know. I. It's kind of like. It's kind of like. Randy Savage would have been like. More of like the older. Fans. Person to get behind. Because of the way he worked, like his work style and his attitude and mm -hmm. his character, while Hulk Hogan is more the kid celebrity figure, you know what I mean? Which is nothing yes. wrong with that yeah. at this time. But you know, like I said, you know, Hulkamania around this time, 1989, like it was still hot, but you could see it was, you know, especially next year and the next year, you could see it going a little bit less. You know what I mean? A little bit less, a little bit less, until we obviously came back. With doing the Hollywood Hogan gimmick in the 90s. So, 
very very interesting but like yeah this is actually one of the most you know hottest feuds in wrestlemania history was uh hulk hogan versus randy savage so and then maybe one day when we talk more of our wrestlemanias we'll do a whole breakdown of wrestlemania 5 because there's a lot to talk about um but the, the biggest thing i have in wrestling is kind of like the aftermath of what happened after this wrestlemania uh, because uh, the WWF would run a show in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at this time at the Spectrum. All right. And this is actually a couple days after uh, Dance of the Damned premiered. It would be on uh, mm-hmm. April 22nd, 1989. And we're still running hot with Randy Savage versus Hulk Hogan. All right. Because in the main event, we had Randy Savage defeat. WWE champion Hulk Hogan, Viva, Allison's favorite, The Count Out. Oh, The Count Out, yeah. Second, seconded only by double disqualification. Yes. So, and this is when they had like the uh, the A town and the B town. All right. Because the A town mm-hmm. was in Philadelphia, the B town was in Boston, which is crazy because we're going to have a AEW show coming up here pretty soon in the Boston Garden. And this one actually had the Ultimate Warrior defeating WWF Intercontinental Champion Rick Rude. Viva! Count out, brother. So we have two count outs on this A and B show. Nobody could be... You can't even get pinned at a house show, brother. Okay? No. You can't no even pins. Get, no, not even a... No, no. Yeah, so... But it looks like they would run for like a couple months just doing WrestleMania rematches on these shows, which is pretty interesting. So... But yeah, that's what I got for the wrestling, man. You know, pretty uh, pretty cool shows. Like we would re- basically we'd be running the high off WrestleMania. You know, every time there's an April and there's a WrestleMania that happens, even nowadays, you know, we have like the the backlash show and stuff. We're running that little high off WrestleMania, so we see a lot of WrestleMania rematches. Uh, so we'd yeah, be yeah, kind of, I mean that. Yeah, we'd be doing yeah, I was going to say, the night after WrestleMania is always a great uh, great wrestling great raw to watch. Yeah. Yeah, and then the whole month too. Like basically, basically the whole month. Oh yeah, is you're just you know you might get like here or there and like a new few, but you most of your top matches you're gonna get rematches. Even though I doubt they're gonna do a rematch between uh, Cody and uh, Roman, but well, you know, hey, you never know, man. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so. I think this has got to be it. I think that if Cody beats him and takes that title, Roman's got to go away for a while. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, Cody can can uh, finish his story here, but maybe he won't like it. So then four years later, he'll come back and write it with a different director. Yeah, different. Yeah, we'll do a remake four years later. Yeah, with different actors. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, Allison, cool. what do you got for the metal music for us? All right, man. Um, so uh, we've never talked about this band before, um, and they released an album, uh, their first album, actually, two days before the movie came out. So on April 17th, 1989, was the debut album from one of the big four of, Can- the- of Canadian thrash metal. We're talking about Annihilator. Are you familiar with Annihilator at all? Have you heard of them before? I've heard of them before, but I'm not super familiar, mm-hmm. but I have heard of them. But yeah, they came up with Sacrifice, Voivod, those kind of bands. Uh, they're definitely a second wave thrash band. So they're like, you know, they're not like the Slayer era. They're like, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. So they released their album Alice in Hell on uh, April 17th, 1989. Um, so this is, this and maybe their second album are really kind of the only Annihilator albums I actually like. 
but this album is a classic. Um, it's got this song on it called um, Burns Like a Buzzsaw Blade that I like a lot. And then the, you know, the Allison Hill um, uh, main track, which I guess you could call the uh, title track because I always get it confused because the album's called Allison, excuse me, it's called Alice in Hell. But the second song is called Alice in Hell, which is really confusing for me. That's, brand- that's um, interesting. But, but yeah, anyway. But, We're a big fan um, of that story. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, but anyway, so basically Annihilator was like, they're like one of those like kind of one man bands in a way. Like Jeff Waters was the guitar player. And on this album, he played all the guitars, the bass. He played everything but the vocals and the drums. So he wrote all the songs, he wrote all the lyrics, he wrote everything about it. Um, in fact, the demos for this album have him singing the songs and playing the drums too. And then um, he had a drummer come in and play the drum parts. And then he has this guy, uh, uh, well, the singer of the band, uh, sing the songs. But he basically wrote this entire album. Um, but I would definitely, um, I mean, it's Canadian. You know, it's a, it's Canadian thrash. So it's like, it's not like American thrash. It's hard to describe what the difference is unless you've heard it. But it's not, um, it's not as fast and it's not as riffy. Uh, but it's still pretty riffy in a different kind of way. Uh, it's really hard to describe uh, over a podcast, but we'll play some at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to mention that that the uh, Alice in Hell album came out because it's a great album and people should listen to it. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty fun. We'll play a little bit towards the end of the show. And Allison, I have a question for you. Do you think our boy the vampire would be rocking out this album while he's out there looking for his one time a year feed? Possibly. Um, but his, his mullet is almost too strong. That's true. Yeah, it's almost uh it's that thing was magical, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I don't really understand like how how does this happen? Like what the hair? Uh, yeah. You have to, I mean, if people have to see it to understand, but like, it's like, it's not just a mullet. Like it's incredibly long yeah. in the back. Yeah, bro. He's like, been just, a thousand years old. Well, it's been, it's been growing for a thousand years. There's a thousand year old mullet, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really strange. Like it, like when this guy, when they entered, when they auditioned this guy for the part, what, did he have this mullet or did they put the mullet on? Him? Oh man. See, this is the riveting questions that I don't know if we'll get answered. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yes, it's amazing. It's amazing to think that someone would would actually have this kind of hair. I mean, I've seen like mullets like this before. You know what I mean? Where they kind of have like the really long back and they got on the top. You know, I even see see some in wrestling before. But this guy's oh, just, well, yeah. this guy's was just so well ma- maintained. It was absolutely well maintained and like, and, and never like, moved. No. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, you know, like this guy's an actor, you know, they didn't just find this guy off the street. Like he came into audition for this role and got it. But what other roles would you expect to get with hair like that? Well, you know, there's a bunch you can do in the, in the eighties, brother. All right. I mean, you could be in the lost boys. Yeah. Um, and then you could be in this and possibly roadhouse. But I can't think of a single. I can't. I'm just trying to think of other actors that had hair like this, and I, I cannot think of a single one except for the people in those particular movies. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about the mullet some more when it when it appears in the plot of this movie. Yes, and we'll talk about the uh, the actor too, who graced us 
with his mullet mm. as well, because we're about to talk about who booked this shit, brother. Who right. booked this shit? So we got a couple of people who booked this. All right. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the director, Cat uh, Shay. Okay. Yeah. And she was also not only the director, but she was one of the writers as well, too, along with Andy Rubin. All right. Yeah, and she was married to Andy Rubin for a while. Yeah, so there you go. All right. I'm going to do some, uh, a couple. We've seen couples do movies before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a couple things about this movie. So, you know, Dance of the Dam, 1989, released in April. So, they had the, this, uh, this executive producer, Roger Corman. Okay. Yes. We talked about him before. Yes, we talked about him. And a couple of things that uh, Shay said about Corman was Corman, during the store when they're setting all this film up together, uh, Corman wanted to use a strip club again and he had a, hun- mm. a haunted house set. So you're you're pretty close there, Allison. Okay. We're having like a, a lot for the strip club. He said he had a haunted house set that was that had been left over from another film. God, I wonder which film it was. That's know. a good point. I, I, would, I would like to know that. Maybe we can research that. Yeah, see, while I'm talking, see if you can um, research uh, Roger Corman and see what movies he did. I'll Maybe see if like, I can deduce. Uh, yeah, yeah like 1988 movies that. or something. Yeah, while I'm talking about what our girl uh, Shay said. So she said, you know, they had a haunted house left over from another film that, that Corman was producing. So Andy Rubin and I came up with an idea to shoot in these two locations. Of course, we changed the haunted house into this really modern, amazing, great house. So, they they used the they used the the strip club, okay, and then I guess they used this haunted house for like the the vampires' house. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, the inside of it, I'm sure. Yes. Um. So or, this is not. Um. Sorry. Go ahead. Or did they use the same house for both the strip club and the house? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Could have easily. Um, so this is like, this is typical of how Roger Corman worked. So um, Corman had a, a film lot in Los Angeles that he basically made almost all of his movies at. And he was notorious for making movies based on whatever sets he had already built. So basically he would go like when he wanted to make a movie, he would find a writer and a director and he would say, okay, I've got these sets, make a movie, uh, write me write and direct a movie for me. Um, so, so that makes sense. So he's like, it's what he would say. So he has the, uh, you know, he has the, um, the haunted house set left over and he wanted to use a strip club again. Um, so make me a movie and this is what they made yeah. essentially with those two sets and it basically only has like three locations right it's got the strip club the vampire's house and the beach yeah pretty much um, and that, that's pretty much and it. then in the car the cab i guess but well yeah inside the cab yeah, yeah. that's true um so in um that's interesting so in 1989 he also put out a version of Mask of the Red Death, which... Was that before this movie or after? Well, it, it came out... I wouldn't call that a haunted house, though. Well, what about 1988? Hmm. 
Well, no, no, 1988, he only he only produced one movie. Oh, okay. Which is Andy Colby's Incredible Adventures, which is not a horror movie. Interesting. Um, maybe he just had the haunted house in his back pocket. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe, yeah. He, in 1990, he put out Slumber Party Massacre 3, which was a year after this. Yeah. Because, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter when they were released. It's when they were filmed. Yeah, when they filmed. Because so, assuming... sometimes movies can sit on the shelf for a long time. Well, there's no way this movie was filmed not in, like, three months maybe four months i was about to say it was probably filmed like immediately before it came out most likely yeah because i mean Um, let's see what he did for television during this time so while while you're looking that up Mm -hmm. i'm also going to go about so so cat shay and andy rubin they wrote the 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 film together she said it was always a process including the elements that roger wanted into the script and the story that andy and i envisioned we always had very high aspirations but roger didn't discourage that in fact, he was proud of it, but he wanted to make sure his style of commercial elements were included. Like, like, what do you mean by commercial? Like, like the Miller High Life sign and his huge mullet, or, uh, or the nudity, maybe I don't know. Or the uh, that little like what, what's that little ball that has electricity in it? I had one of those in there too. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> left over from the haunted house. Like, that's, I don't know. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, Corman also insisted that the female lead be a stripper. Just imagine that. Listen, brother, you're going to make this film, but the girl has to be a stripper, brother, because I saw some of these strip movies, and you're going to put it in there. Uh And so uh, Shay also said it was really hard to find that vampire. In fact, Cyril came in so late, I thought he was delivering a pizza to my house. That's interesting. It was really with the mullet. Yeah, Imagine that. Because he has that mullet. Yeah. It was, I, <laughs> let's see. It, it was really late at night, and I thought, God, we're never going to find a vampire. And he walked in. He was the first one auditioned who didn't sound like he was doing a stage play. And he didn't sound like he was doing a period piece or something either. He just talked like a real person. I said, Okay, this is the guy. Bro, she would have been like, And his mullet was fucking fantastic. I'd have been like, Sold. Sold. She thought that she thought that was gonna be the pizza boy. <laughs> Even though she didn't order a pizza, but yeah. Yeah. So But uh but yeah. Um but uh also Cat Shay made this movie that's really, really good that everybody should watch called uh, Streets. It came out in nineteen ninety. Um it has Christine Applegate playing a prost- a teenage prostitute in it. It's a really, really good movie. Interesting. Uh, if you can find it, you should watch it. It's probably only on VHS though. Get so, so, those VCRs out. So do you ever figure out what might have been the haunted house or no? Not really, no. It's kind of tough. Um, huh? I don't see anything. I think that he just has it. That he just had the set because I can't see anything that he would have made like in like several years that would have had a haunted house set. Yeah. Unless there's just something I'm looking over. Um, could be one of his television shows or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah, or he could have just had it. I mean, um, in maybe he just he put out Frankenstein Unbound. Yeah, maybe he just knew somebody. Maybe. Yeah. So, but so like we were saying before, so this this film got a remake, <laughs> like in 1993. Like, th- that's kind of like that's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know any film that got a remake that quickly. Like, unless I'm missing something. Um. God, like you know, you no, know, I was a little confused by that myself. Yeah. Like, um. Because uh, the remake's called "To Sleep with a Vampire," and Corman produced it again. Yeah. 
And it had Scott Valentine, who was on uh, Family Ties for a while. I think he played Nick, which is weird that I can remember that. Um, but uh, and Charlie Spradling, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, but um, and then Cat uh, Shea said she wanted to remake it again. Jesus, she can't get it right. <laughs> so she wants, yeah, she wants to remake it again, and she wants to make it more romantic. Like well, more like a love story than she made it the first time. Well, what she said about this one, though, she says, I made it into much more of a love story. I love the new script. I think the new script is much better than the old one. It's much more of a progression of two people over the course of a night who want to kill each other in the beginning. He's taking her to kill her later on, and she's trying to kill him as well. Then, and over the course of the night, they fell in love. They truly fall in love. He tries to save her at the end. He's trying to prevent himself from Killing her, I think it's a much more uh, accessible than I guess this one is. Uh, I mean, I can see that. I mean, this movie is really... Um, I thought this movie would be easier to talk about than it is. It's really hard to describe what it's like. It's 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 really raw. Yeah. Um, like, the, like, a lot of the subject matter is, like, really raw. And the things that they just, like flippantly talk about is it's pretty it's kind of not shocking but like kind of like wow i can't believe they said that um kind of thing yeah and i'm guessing what you um, meant like, by um yeah. to sleep with the vampire i guess i never seen it you said you have i'm guessing the story yeah, is a little bit more easier to follow of them actually like showing the progression of them actually falling in love uh, uh yeah i guess so yeah i don't i mean i remember seeing that movie i remember renting it but i don't remember a single thing about it yeah so, but yeah, I mean, this one, like, you know, they didn't really, it was like kind of a love story towards the end, but not really. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't really see that much of a love story at all with this one. Like they, it just seemed like this vampire guy was more fascinated with what the sun looked like than, than her. So. Well, yeah, I mean, of course, but, um, but, um, but she, well, okay. So wait a minute. She's talking though. And that quote you just read, she's talking about the new remake she wants to make. No, in 2011. Uh, yeah, but, right, but in 2011, she's talking about, that's what I'm talking about when she oh, wants okay. to remake the movie again. That's her new script. She didn't write the script for uh, the remake. Oh, okay. It's just that Corman just took the concept again and um, had somebody else write it. Interesting. It. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's weird. And it's about a guy who, I mean, and that one, the vampire just kidnaps a stripper. I mean, it's not the same story, but it's real. It's it's similar. Gotcha. It's okay. a similar story. I see. I see. I thought she was talking about her the 1993 version, but yes, you're right. You're, I guess she's trying to make the movie up. And this girl could just not. She's like, she has to finish the story, brother. Okay. <laughs> but I yes, don't think I don't think she ever did because this is in 2011. She was thinking about this, and I haven't seen nothing unless I'm missing something. Um, no, no, it hasn't been remade again. I mean, come on. I mean, no. like, who's gonna who's gonna finance this thing? Roger Corman's dead. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there, there's be like, look, we already made this thing twice. So there's a couple things about some of the people who act in there. Um, one of them is I want to talk a little bit about the the person who played the teacher, which I'm guessing was like the blonde stripper. So she's actually known for being a dancer and a pinup model in real life and shoot life, brother. Okay. Okay. And she's also known of doing a lot of uh, uh, erotic thrillers. All right. Vampire and material art during films. All right. And she's also a black belt in martial arts, too, brother. All right. This girl named 
Maria Ford. All right, she was the blonde. Mm-hmm. It was only on there for like a little bit. Um, and she's, I'm guessing, yeah, she's listed here as teacher, but yeah, yeah I teacher. guess she's like the blonde stripper. She was at the blonde stripper, basically. And she was in the, the movie Strip to Kill 2, Live Girls. That sounds fun. Yeah. And she was in... Cache Road, I believe. Yeah. And then Masquerade of the Red Death. All right. I think that's the one you just talked about. Yeah. And so she, and she was also in Summer Party Massacre 3. So she's done a lot of yeah. this Corman's uh, 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 films on here, um, which is pretty cool. A lot of B... Kind of like a lot of B, you know... Like B horror movies, basically B, you know, raunchy uh, horror movies that she's done a lot of. But I thought that was pretty interesting, you know, getting an actual, you know, it's good to actually have somebody that's like knows what they're doing <laughs> in the production. Absolutely. Um, I, I, another person I want to talk about too is the guy who played the vampire, Cyril O'Reilly. All right, and I thought, yeah. you know, I was looking through some of his stuff. Um, some of the movies he's done, some of the TV he's done. And uh, the biggest thing I noticed, because I am a huge X-Files fan, this yeah. guy was actually in an episode of X-Files in 2002, the Hellbound X-Files episode. He played Ed on there. So I was like, oh, shit, okay. So 2002, that would have been yeah. near the end. I probably stopped watching X-Files by that point. I don't know if I've ever seen the end of the, sh- the series. Right? Yeah, that's kind of like definitely towards like more like the end yeah. of because uh, usually X-Files are really strong in like 96 and 97. Uh, that's yeah. when they were pretty much at their highest. So but he did some movies after this, like he went on to do uh, um, Baja, Oklahoma. All right. Okay. He did. Sure. Matlock. The witness killings. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, come on, brother. The cotton, the cottonwood, nineteen ninety six. Just take my money. All right, but none, yeah, yeah. none. Imagine, imagine why this didn't work out for this guy. But none was better as in the Pizza Boy Vampire that we have. Right. This. this is the finest role. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um. The um. The uh. The um. The girl that played Jody. She's been in a lot of things, though. Yes. Star Andreef. Yeah, she was in Amityville Dollhouse. She was in The Terror Within. That's the things I could think of. Yeah, a lot of B movies as well. Oh, um, yeah. She was in, uh, uh, you know, The Facts of Life. All right. Oh, she was in some TV shows, I'm sure, yeah. TV shows on there, too. So we'll probably be seeing her again, I think. What was that? The Amityville Dollhouse. Was that in the 80s? No, um, shit. It was 1996. Know. Probably, yeah. There's a shit We're going to do The amb- Terror Within at some point, because I'm pretty sure that's an 80s movie. Yeah, I thought she was pretty good. Like, she just, she was all right in this film. I thought she played the... Uh, I thought she was fine. I yeah. thought she was fine. You got to consider. I mean, this is not a high-budget movie by no. any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, you know, these are like, you know, these are the kind of actors that, if we're Roger Corman, that we can afford. Yeah. You know, um, she's not going to win an Academy Award. But she was fine. Uh, the movie was was decent. You know, it was a good movie. She did fine in it. Um, I have no problems with this at all. Yeah. But let's see if we can uh, put that to the task there, Allison, because we're about to do the full <laughs> review of Dance of the Damned. Dance of the Damned. Let's do it. Everybody thinks I'm dancing for them. Tact. First... It was a seduction 
don't care about the people watching me. That's true. Neither one of them could resist. You use men. You're hurting me. They're both victims of the night and of each other. His presence frightens her. You called me. There's a dark space in your soul, a little piece of death. Their torment binds them together. Same. We both live off the energy of other people. We can't change who we are. Tell me about your world, and at sunrise I'll end your pain. Between the dusk and the dawn, they dance. The dance of the damned. All right, so we start up this movie. All right, and we're in like some back alley, some shit. And at first, I'm like, okay, what's going on over here? We see this automatically. We see this fucking dude in like a 1980s like suit. And the first thing I noticed right away, like we've been talking about all episode, is the guy's mullet. I was like, yep. oh shit. So my my notes write vamp guy outside, great mullet. That's my notes. <laughs> and yep, I just wrote amazing mullet. <laughs> So, like, I guess he's, like, wandering around nighttime, and he sees a sign that says, Live Girls. It's like, okay, well, why yeah. fuck can I just go there? So then he, like, 80s morphs or jumps to, like, the staircase for effect? Uh, yeah, this this had some amazing effects in it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the vampire has very dubious powers. Yes. But we'll get to them. So one thing I thought was interesting, like, so, like, oh, hey. Everything in the 80s, like, that's, like, underground has to be in, like, dirty hallways. You know what I mean? Like, we got to go through, like, these dirty, nasty hallways. So he's walking around this, like, dirty hallway to get to the live girls. And he sees, like, these two young people. Apparently, they're dead on drugs or something. And we can see that he... This is when we noticed that he has, like... he. At first, I was like, well, this guy, what, he can't see colors? You know what I mean? What is he, colorblind? Uh, yeah. But no, it's his vampire but, eye. It's vampire vision. Yeah. He has vamp vision, brother. Yeah. So he goes into the... uh, (laughs) I I actually don't want to call this a strip club because, boy, it looked like... It just looked so bad. Like, it looked like some There wasn't much club to it. No. It was mostly strip. (laughs) There was, like, an old lady sitting there. There's, like, these fucking truck drivers everywhere. So, like... It's actually in pretty a bar, which I'm sure is made out of plywood. Yeah, it's, it's actually pretty funny. I don't know when I would talk about this again, but recently yeah. I've been watching this show about strippers that uh, oh, I'm sure that have. No Fear Bethany got me hooked on. It's a right. show called P Valley. Uh, I don't expect okay. you to know anything about this show, Allison, but it's like a gangster sh- strip club and shit. And I'm, the, the, oh, I, yeah. I like that stuff. I like the gangster stuff. You know, this this show is fucking really good. And those strip clubs are like you know like real. You know, they put a lot of production in their strip club. And I took a, and I, and like, I've been watching like the, the first, uh, uh, well, it was kind of weird how I watched it, but I've been watching most of the first season. And then I turn on this film and I'm like, 
fuck, this ain't no strip club. What the hell is this shit? (laughs) (laughs) My first thought once we got to this part was, did James direct this movie? Because it seems like exactly like something you would make. Now, I would do that for for budgetary reasons and to be funny. Okay? (laughs) That's what I would do. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you and your girl are watching the strip club TV show. Yeah. uh, P-Valley, brother. Check it out on Stars. If you want some gangster rap shit going on there, brother, and a good story, I recommend checking it out. Yeah, I mean, I got a couple couple of different sides to me, brother. I don't only just watch... Horror movies and wrestling, brother. I'll be. I, I'll surprise you here and there. Yeah, you know you're I mean? a you're a you're a straight Renaissance man. <laughs> Speaking of Renaissance man, we have our boy Vamp in there, and he's just staring yeah, down yeah. everybody. And I like it where like he walks right in and just automatically gets like a flashlight shown in his eye, and he like freaks out. Yeah. Like, which Too is bright. weird because like, like, so okay, so the only reason I'm bringing this up. Because remember this, like we at the beginning of the film, he has in like, the spotlight, like shine on his eye, and he freaks out. Okay. Yeah. So remember that for later. All right. right. So we're sitting there. This is when we we see Jody and she's doing her dance routine. Okay. I guess it was all right. You know what I mean? It was a 1980s stripper dance routine. Okay. Um, there wasn't much of a crowd, and nobody was like no. throwing bands. Or throwing ones like this is the, this is not the era for throwing bands, I guess. You know what I mean? They don't. No, they don't but do I think that. that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the the point of this is that it's supposed to be like this really sad, depressing like strip club that nobody's in, and yeah, the girls aren't making any money or whatever. I think that's the point. So the vamp guy is just looking her, you know, seeing her all down stuff. So then we we actually yeah. she then she just gets off the stage. I guess she's like fuck this place. So she gets off the stage. She goes onto a payphone, and the big thing with her character is, she, she, I didn't. I don't know if I got the whole story, but correct me if I'm wrong, Allison. Where she she had a kid, and mm. she couldn't take care of the kid or something. So the baby's daddy or somebody like took the kid away, and she was supposed to be. She's supposed to have visitation, but like they they kind of denied her, and so she kidnapped the kid. And then now she can't see the kid at all. Uh, yes. Okay. That's I mean, so that's basically right. So basically, she had a kid with this guy who had a lot of money. Yeah. And then he took visitation rights away from her, for, at least from my understanding. And then she kind of tried to take the kid, and um, then and now she doesn't have she can't see the kid. Period. Right. So she's trying to call. I guess the her baby daddy or whatever. Yeah, she was trying to. And I then, guess it was getting yeah. close to his birthday, and yeah. she had some where she would always like see him on his birthday. So she's trying to call well, her. It, up. It, is it his birthday the next day? Yeah, it's the next day or something. This whole like movie that. takes place in one night, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I believe so. Yeah. So she's doing all that, and then she goes in there, and then she's about the. So, you know, some of this stuff is a little bit sensitive storyline going on here. So the the biggest sensitive storyline was going on where she was really depressed. So she she would always threaten, like, suicide. You know, yeah. whether it be, like, mostly with pills and stuff. And I guess the teacher, which was the blonde stripper, after she got done with her routine, she was basically telling her, like, you know, I'm tired of you, like, threatening us all the time. Here, use a gun. I was like, okay. 
This is, that, uh, this is definitely the '80s, brother. Okay. <laughs> no, sorry. Yeah, they choked me up. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty wild. Like that was yeah. like because they all look like cooked out strippers. Like Jody yeah. looks like she's like a co- like she's cooked out the entire time, and then um, which she probably was, and then um, then like she, the other girl like pulls his pistol out of her bag and it's like you're ready to shoot yourself. Why don't you just fucking kill yourself? I'm like holy shit. Yeah. This movie's wild, and we've only been watching it for like five minutes. Yes. And so then another stripper comes in and then has been like, how come none of you girls are on the floor and stuff? So we could just see that the, the girl Jody is very, very depressed character. Yeah. So she's trying to leave the club now in a very fancy red dress. And that's when our boy Vamp shows up. And at first, like she thought she, I guess Vamp was like grabbed her hand right before, when she went to the door and then he's like mm-hmm. staring her up and down. She thinks she's gonna get attacked. She's just like, just just do what you want or whatever. And he's like, Nah, I just I actually want to bring you home with me because I want to talk to you. Here's a thousand dollars. She's like, You just want to talk to me for a thousand dollars? He's like, Yeah, yeah, I need to talk to you. You're very very important. And you know the dialogue was a little more like slower than that. <laughs> But uh, that's the uh, yes. that's the kind of like the gist of it. He wants to take Jody home to talk to her about certain things. Um, so they don't have like a car, so like you know, like they they basically leave the club. And the vampire wanted to take her somewhere. He wanted to take her home, but she was like, "Well, you never said anything about taking me home." So they actually go on the uh, the bus, okay? <laughs> and yes. Great. I believe at this time, like she's like she knows that he's kind of strange to vamp. Like he's just acting a little strange, but she kind of does kind of need the money. So I think she agreed to like go with him somewhere to talk for the money. And she still she still thinks this is all gonna like you know paying for sex basically. And mm-hmm. then we get some punkers out of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Like some British 1980s punkers, and yeah, like, but they're in Los Angeles. They're yes, they're in Los Angeles, and um, so I wrote down the the lines that this guy was saying. Oh my god, it was pretty funny. Uh, shit, where are they? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, and then you know, vamp. Like I wrote down these notes for these punkers, and the vamp guy is saying he he never did have anybody at his house before, and that's when she finds out. Oh, we're going to your house. All right. All right, and then here's what the punker guy says. The first punker guy that was bald, here's his uh, here's his line to the lady. And I said, maybe you can use this one later. He's all like, hey, Jody. Or no, he didn't know Jody. But he was like, hey, hey, pretty. Do you want to touch my condom? <laughs> Wait, what a winner there. That's, that's amazing. Do you want to touch my condom? I don't... Like... I, like even for like a sexual joke, like how does that work? I, I like, don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what this even supposed to mean. And then she's all. And then he's all like, "You can uh, suck on my shoes." Okay. Very, very. Okay. Very interesting punk guys over here. And then she's like, you know, <laughs> the funny part too is like she's getting like basically harassed, and she's looking over to the vamp. The vamp guy just looking off off to the distance and looking like. How's her driving? And she's like, "Aren't you gonna do anything?" He's like, "No." <laughs> and then they start like messing with the vamp, saying like, "This this guy with the flower ain't gonna do anything." And then eventually the vampire pokes him in the eye. 
all right, but there's vampire powers, and they leave, and then Jerry's like, oh, where have you been for my whole life? <laughs> so well, like he sent, like he puts a flower in his eye. Yeah, power, yeah, the flower in his eye. Yeah. Like it, yeah, and then like yeah, with his vampire powers, and now she's all like, oh, now I'm interested in this guy who punctured this guy's eyeball with a flower. Yes. So now they're outside, and she is not really comfortable of going to his house because um, she yeah, says like, why can't we just talk here? And this is when we find out the vampire just wants to kind of like know some things. He's like, what do, you know? What does this sun look like and stuff? And she's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, how am I supposed to know? I work nights. Okay, <laughs> he's like, yeah, she she yeah. doesn't see the day either. So yeah, and then she and then of course she starts to smoke, and he goes away because he hates cigarette smoke. I didn't know is that like a vampire? Maybe it's the fire. I have no idea why he hates cigarette smoke, but he does. Well, I mean, no, it's because well, it's, it's kind of disgusting, but um, yes, but yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I see what he's saying. I don't disagree with him at all. Um, it's just kind of. Uh, yeah, it's kind of gross, I guess. But I, I don't know. I've never heard that for vampires. But but is but I think it's because isn't because his senses are very sensitive. Yeah, I mean, that, that like could be. Yeah, I just never heard senses, it. So yeah. yeah, I've never heard that before. But uh, there's a lot of things in this that we'll never see again in vampires. Well, speaking of never see again, he actually they just so happened to be across his condo, his big ass, his big house. And he's like, oh, this is my house right here. And she's like, at first she wasn't feeling it, but then she's like, you know what? He's giving me $1,000. He's rich. Might as well make my money. All right. So they go in. He asks, like, hey, do you want any wine and stuff? Uh, She asks, like, hey, are you rich? Okay. And then, like, I thought this part was so random, but, like, semi-funny. She's, like, looking around at all his decorations. She's like, hey, you know, you're gay or something? Because you have really great taste. (laughs) And wow. he's all like, no, I'm not gay or nothing. I'm not even a human. And she's like. I'm not even a human. And then she's like, what? And then she sees the fangs, and then she starts freaking out. All right? She's like, what the hell? What's going on over here? It's like, you and then Vamp, like you were calling for me. Your dark soul was calling for me. And I was like, okay, we're getting some Archie shit over here now. And then, no shit, she pulls out the gun that the teacher gave to her, and she shoots this guy a whole Loomis six times, brother. Yep. All right, no like, effect. She ain't fucking. Well, he does fall down. All right, well, he does fall down, right? Yeah. All right, and she's trying to like get out of there. She tries to call, but the vampire gets up and he rejuvenated himself and he grabs her and stuff. All right, and she's like, you know, I just what the hell? What are you? You know, because she's freaking out that he, you know, didn't die after getting shot six times. All right. Six times. Yeah. And now the vampire is basically explaining, like, listen, I need to feed tonight. Okay. And I I don't really feed that often, but when I do, I need I need to feed. And I, you know, I she's like, Well, why well, why can't you do dogs or animals? All right. And he's like, Well, I need your spirit and your soul. All right. It, it's more for my feeding if I can have your spirit and your soul. And I was just thinking, like, you know what? I can feel that. You know what I mean? You got a got a nice little juicy steak. You know what I mean? I got to feel it. I got to feel its soul going yeah. through the body, brother. Come on now. No, you got to watch. You got to you got to feel the soul leave the body yes. when you're feeding. So the big thing about him is before he can feed on her, I guess he mm-hmm. wants to like get to know them or something. Some might confused about that, mm-hmm. but he wants to know like what the sunlight in the day is like. 
He really. He, he, well, go ahead. I was going to say, does he ever specifically say he's going to feed on her? Or he just says that her soul was calling to him? Well, okay. So what I'm guessing at this early beginning of their talking, because they do a lot of talking. Yeah. I think that he felt her, when because he, he, he felt her sadness, which he did say yeah. to her. He felt her sadness. So I guess maybe in his vampire uh, uh, lore or his vampire tricks, he sensed her sadness and that she was going to be killing herself one way or another. So he's like, well, fuck it. You know, can't go, can't have that meat get wasted. So mm. I will just, you know, I would just, you know, feed her to me since she's going to be killing herself okay. anyway. Because he okay. does go okay. on about his backstory later on in the film of how he's some sort of outcast vampire. So mm-hmm. we're kind of getting the building blocks of him. He doesn't just go out and kill humans. He's kind of like the vampire that like Tom Cruise was. You know what I mean? Like in uh, an mm-hmm. interview kinda. with the vampire, like where he yeah, didn't, I see what you're saying. You know what yeah. I mean? Like where he 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 tried to do the dogs and the cats and stuff, but he needed he, they you know vampires they need the real blood. They need the human blood. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, so, there's no substitute for that. So I think that's like he, he was kind of torn. And then I get, I, I, I guess maybe he, he I guess maybe because he felt like a connection with her. That's why he's asking her these questions of like, hey, what does the sun look like? Because he wants, and she's like, well, why are you asking me stuff? He's like, well, I want you to describe something I can't see. I want to know what it's like. I want you to tell me what it's like. All right, then he he would have his like fits of rage here and there, you know, saying humans are like cattle. All right, and he also wants to know like what what does it like to have friends? And she's like, well, you picked the wrong person. All right, I don't have, yeah, any, friends, don't have any friends. All right, and I don't let anybody get close to me. All right, and she's like, well, what do you want? Mm-hmm. So and then uh, she's like, you know, the, the the vampire is basically saying like, listen, you know, I have to feed. All right. And you have it easy because you have a heartbeat and you eventually die. Me, I live forever. So I'm constantly, constantly have this endless hunger. All right. So we're saying, we're, you know, we're showing some more depths of the, the vampire lore where, you know, we had like the endless boredom. You know what I mean? We have like the endless lust. And now we have the endless hunger out of all three movies we've done. Yeah, but I think that he's just living his life wrong. I mean, for one thing, he only does he say he only has to feed once a year. Well, I, I think he said he doesn't feed. I think well, I think what he does is he doesn't feed often. Like I don't know if it's once okay. a year or not, but he he said he doesn't really feed often on humans. So I'm guessing right. he does still eat like you know dogs, cats, and maybe the rare the the medium rare steak here and there. Sure, but he yeah, has yeah, yeah. to have at least once a year. A human body to rejuvenate okay. himself. I see. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, I mean, like, man, like, I mean, he's got that amazing mullet. Yeah, he's gonna look like this forever. Yeah. Um, he can basically have an infinite amount of chances to do whatever he wants. He lives in L.A. I mean, this guy's just—if he's bored, he's just living his life wrong. There's all kinds of shit. Yeah, but he can't go out to the beach it's there, Allison. Not in the daytime, but he can in the nighttime. Like, why has he never thought of that before? Well, he just—he just, you know I mean? like, doesn't see the point. Like, he just stays in his house all the time, apparently, except for when he, you know, senses somebody's dark soul and then uh, 
you know, goes travels to, out to the strip club. Yeah, goes out to the local strip club. Bro. Which I, I mean, you know, I don't know how he was able to, uh, you know, um, pinpoint her dark soul in this place because it looked like pretty much everything, everybody in there had pretty much a dark soul. Yeah, and was depressed. So uh, I don't know how he was able to pinpoint her, but you know, it is what it is. It got us going in the movie. Maybe it's so, a dance, brother. We are. He felt it. Maybe it was. Huh? Maybe it was. So they go on about this girl's Barbie doll too. I didn't really get that. I I, I guess because I guess there was some intimidation factor over here. Um, and apparently our boy Vamp he didn't know how to use his video camera that he just bought too. All right. For fifteen hundred dollars. For fifteen hundred dollars, he bought it. He doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> mm-hmm. He truly is old. Okay. Did he? <laughs> he's he's like a boomer. <laughs> yes. Um, he doesn't know how to use his uh, 1500 So how did he buy the video camera? Did he just like go to the store at nighttime and buy yeah, it? Yeah, bro, he went to the local uh, Walmart at 1989 so. and bought the camera when they were open 24-7, okay? For some reason. Okay. For some reason. Maybe maybe he was going to record. Like, See, you know, he should have just waited, brother, because he could just live stream the beach nowadays. You know what I mean? Well, nowadays, yeah. On his phone. Like, if he just he waited... It would have been all fine in a couple, you know what I mean, a couple decades. He decades. could have waited. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's the problem? A, yeah, I mean, he'd been going a thousand years. He yeah. might as well go a little longer. Yeah, come on, brother. So so they're also talking about, like, this is when we get this whole story of uh, Jody and the and, and the father and everything. You know, we talked about earlier. So he, she, he's, uh, she's just talking about, like, you know the 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 dad the baby's daddy was rich and everything and he can't see him more because I try to take her and everything try to take the son back. Mm-hmm. All right, and then like it's gonna be his birthday soon, and you know I really want to see him and stuff. Um, yeah, she says it's the first her for, the first birthday of his she's gonna miss. Yeah. So now the vampire is now telling his story of how he yeah. came to be. And I thought this was like kind of creative. And I think the only movie I remember that did this, and I could be wrong, Allison, you might need to correct me, was Underworld, where the vampire guy was saying, listen, like, this is not like your guys' folktale where the vampires were, you know, created by somebody biting, you know, you bite somebody and they turn into a vampire. We don't do that. We were actually born this way. We're actually like a real race. That was born this way. And I, I swear, didn't like Underworld do that where they actually had like a born vampire race? Like I said, I could be wrong. I think so, yeah. Cause they're, yeah, cause they're definitely not, they're not, I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, yeah. but they're not, I, 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 yeah, they're not um, turned into vampires yeah. just like he, he wasn't. He also says he doesn't really look like a human either. Like he just yeah. does this to disguise himself. Yeah, he does. Like he has like the, the, yeah, he has that thing where the human eye would see him like a human so they're not like freaked out. Right, and he's saying like that. Basically, he his backstory was that him and his mom were like semi outcasts to the vampire community, and yeah. th- I guess he said they both got drunk off blood one day. <laughs> Weird. I was okay. like, okay, and they got they showed up in a barn, and he's saying like the only thing that you know can kill our vampire race is fire and sunlight, and they got set up in this barn where they got locked in. And somebody, I guess, followed them, and they set okay. and they set the barn on fire. Okay, and mm-hmm. he said that his mom basically saved him because the mom digged him in the dirt. All right, while she was burning to death. 
right? And he said, like, when he got out of there, he actually had some burn scars all over him. And he said that the vampire race that he is part of is a very, like, proud and beautiful race. So if you have scars on you, they cast you out. All right? So that's why okay. he's an outcast yeah. vampire. All right? Well... That makes sense. Yeah, and that's why I didn't. That's why he said, like, he tried for a long time to to just eat on dogs and cats and you know the rare meat, like he was saying earlier. But he said the he said he he finally caved in and actually drank some human blood, and that is the mm-hmm. thing that cured him. So that's why he has to. That's why he has to feed on somebody, and that's why he wants to feed on her because they're like, hey, if you're gonna die anyway tonight. You know, might as well give me that energy, brother. Okay, that's a good point. If she's gonna kill herself, yeah, he might. As, she might as well let him kill her. Um, and then she was basically saying, like, "Hey, uh, you kind of read me wrong. Like, I was just doing a strip dance to take your money, not for you me to be a, a soul." So she's saying mm-hmm. basically, like, she was, like. In the form, she tricked them in a way. Like, I guess through her dance and her motions, the vampire thought like she was some sort of lost dark soul that was going to be lost and killing herself anyway. But Jody's saying like, to him, like, no, no, that was all an act. That's an act you have to do to lure customers into your strip dance. And yes, I am depressed, but I'm actually not going to kill myself because I, I, you know, like she's like in between it. And they start going on mm-hmm. how they both... Use energy from people, all right? And you, I use it from stripping, and you use it from feeding. And I was like, I'm pretty sure those are two different things, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, they're showing how similar they are. Like, yeah. you know, how, like, you know, a vampire is uh, someone who drains all of your blood, and a stripper is somebody who drains all of your money. Yeah. So she gets on there. He stops her from smoking, Okay. And mm. now she is going to be drinking some whiskey, and it's it's Dick's Wicks whiskey. You ever had Dick's whiskey before? No, I have not had Dick's whiskey. Well, that sounds just, terrible. It's probably pretty tough, you know what I mean? Come on now. Yeah, probably. Uh, and then this scene was a little weird, too, because she's videotaping her vampire, and she's telling about a story where she got raped. And I was like, okay, this is when, Right, just, yeah, like, that's one of the things I'm talking about. Like, she's yeah. just like... Yeah. nonchalantly talking about being raped at 14 while she's yeah. videotaping the vampire listening to the story. And there's no follow-up on it. She just says, no, I was raped when I was, I was 14. Yeah. So she just tells the whole story, and then she gets a little, uh, you know, a little, little pissed off. Yeah. And then she, like, runs out of the room. She runs into the, like, the vampire's, like, I guess, like, his uh, bedroom or something. And yeah. the big thing about the vampire, too, he was basically saying that he is not like a human. He doesn't want human lusts or stuff. He just wants to feed on humans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he wants to keep um, Jody around to feed on her because he wants to like ask her a lot of questions that, you know, that he just never asked before or, or was very curious about. That's why he's kind of like, that's why we're, tr- we're trying to think right now. That wh- That's why he's keeping her around. And not feeding on her yet because he wants to make a friend with her so he can learn about this stuff that he can't see with his own eyes. But 
Jody goes into his room and she turns on the good old telly and our boy Vamp got some porn, brother. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought that was hilarious. So, I that that was, was not supposed too. to be. That was pretty funny. <laughs> so he has some porn on there and he comes in and he's like, oh shit, you weren't supposed to see that. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, you just want to feed on cattle. You don't care about human affection, huh? And he's like, he just turns the shit off and he looks at her all pissed off and stuff. All right. And now, because, you know, our girl's like halfway drunk too. And she's all like, man, I, and and then like, like our vampire guy says, listen, you will never understand the emptiness of living forever. All right. And she's like, well, you know, I just missed my, my kids and stuff. And like, uh, I'm so mad that I missed his birthday, you know, because his birthday was supposed to be, you know, yesterday. And he's like, no, 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 wait a minute. I can't help that you exp- out. Yes. Yeah. That he has this convoluted explanation of when the day starts. Yes. This whole thing about when this day starting. Basically, what is it like? <laughs> the day doesn't start until like 2 a.m. I have no idea what they're saying. It says, it's, it says the day starts at 5. Well, okay. So it does make sense because yes. when I uh, when I had to take my early flight, I almost thought about it the same way because I had to be at the airport at like, you know, my flight left at 6. So I had to be at the airport at like 4. Um. So four o'clock is, a, is still the middle of the night. It's not in the morning. So what he's saying basically is like, if you stay up really late, you don't say I went to bed early. You say I, st- I went to bed late. So yeah. it, it, so at 5 a.m. is when the daytime starts. So up until then, it's the same day. So she, she hasn't missed it, even though it was the day. It was supposed to be that day. Right? Yes. So she hasn't missed it because the next day doesn't start till 5 a.m. Yeah, so they still got some time. Right. right, so their big plan is they're going to go visit the kid in the middle of the night. Yeah, so, what's this? I guess also too they they have the the vampire guy also he has to bite her before six o'clock because that's when it starts getting reason. light out there. Right. Yeah, that's why because it started getting light. I guess around six o'clock in uh, California time during this particular time, it's that's when it starts getting light outside. So he needs to make sure he gets that bite in before it comes six. So. This is when we have the the big scene of them going to the taxi because the vampire guy's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go take you to your kid," and she's like, "Well, why?" It's like, "Well, let me do this for you. I need to do this for you because, you know, like we're seeing now, like, you know, they have a weird relationship where they like they like calmly talk to each other or calmly not talk to each other. She doesn't know she's being trapped here. You know what I mean? The vampire's acting like he's not trapping her, so it's like a very like back and forth. They're kind of confused on each other." But we could see that, you know, the vampire is saying he wants to know the stuff, so he's trying to be her friend. But then we also see that he probably wants to maybe uh, make some love to her, too, because he saw the porn. So Kind of, yeah. Like, he's trying to, like, it's it's almost like he's trying to avoid that. And he's, like, I kind of took it like he wants to kill her. Well, he, he feels like he should kill her and just, you know, feed on her. But he kind of doesn't want to. And then she's acting like he like sometimes she acts like she's being like kidnapped, and then sometimes she acts like she wants to be there. Yeah, it's interesting. So they go in the cab. This cab driver is pretty annoying. They stop there, and the the vampire pulls out the window, pulls out the keys and the radio. It says "Wait here," and he gives her money. This is the uh, comedy portion of the film, I guess we have to hear. <laughs> I guess so. So he levitates her up. 
to go see the kid. She she, she sees her, her son, says happy birthday. The dad's coming in, so they got to get on out of there. And they get on there with the dad's yeah. coming in, and the dad didn't see that nobody was in there. It was kind of cool how she how he held the door closed with one finger. Yeah. And then I, I guess the person on the other side is not supposed to wonder why the door won't open, but whatever. And then they go back out the door again, out the window again. I mean. There you go, man. That's how you do it. So they go back in the cab, and now the vamp wants to go back to the, uh, to the to the the club. Mm-hmm. All right, which I'm guessing the uh, the club is called Somatic Pair. <laughs> I guess I didn't notice that, but I guess it is. There's Somatic um, Pier, maybe a Somatic Pier. Okay, that's the uh, that's um, the strip club, brother. All right. I feel like it's also weird that she has keys to the strip club. Well, you know, it's only it's a staff for three, brother. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Come fine. on. We got an opener. We got an opener, closer in the middle. Okay. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> so they get there, right? And like, well, no, no, no. Okay. Hold on. So before they go back to the, the strip club, they're, they're actually going to the pier. All right, sorry. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're actually go to the going pier, yes. to the Santa Monica Pier. Okay. Santa Monica Pier, yes. So they get there, and the uh, the the girl, the vampire. I think no, it wasn't a vampire. It was the um, Jody. She says, "Hey, taxi driver, give me your blanket." And she's asking, "Does your blanket have crabs in it?" Okay. Well, yeah. So she's yeah. saying, "No." She's saying, "You know," she's saying, "Does your." Um, does your blanket have crabs? Yes. Implying that he like, you know, he's like he fucks dirty. around on it. Yes. Right, I guess. So, and he the, the uh, cab so uses blanket. Yeah, and the tap the cab driver doesn't want to use the blanket because he relaxes it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we're going to the beach right now. We're on the beach and Jody has an idea and she's about to leave to to go on to do something for him. And the the, the vamp guy is kinda of worried because he's like doesn't want to you know, leave her out of the sight just in case she runs off because this is literally his meal ticket. Okay. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> so she's like, just trust me, just trust me. So she she goes and turns on this light and she tells the vamp guy to hey, take up all your clothes. And he's all like, Should I take off my underwear too? She's like, No, 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 don't don't be too uh, don't be too frisky over there. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't doing that <laughs> now. <laughs> Right. And then, like the vampire underwear was amazing. Like he's wearing, like yeah, just like <laughs> like just like rock. some kind of like uh, like a really colorful like Hawaiian like <laughs> like bikini briefs. Yeah, just, like, underneath like, all like, those, what's the weirdest thing for a vampire to wear. First of all, Allison, I don't think that's too weird because under all these goth clothes, you know, there's just some sort of like <laughs> bright neon. You know what I mean? Bright pants, swim shorts, so and stuff. Weird. Come on, brother, I can see it. So right, she fine. flashes a light on him, and okay. this light doesn't hurt him, unlike the light at the street club did, which is weird. Which is weird, yeah. So basically, what she's trying to do is she's trying to show him what laying in the sun's all about. Because remember, he was asking about that, like what's sunlight like, what's the beach like, what's all this shit like. So she is like saying, you know, sit there and look into the light, and this is basically what it's like to be on the beach. And then he's like, well, explain all this stuff to me. She's like, well, you know, you can see it. This is a whole big speech about ice cream, 
Like there's sand around there. There's mothers. There's music. All right. There's lifeguards. She's basically explaining Baywatch. Well, okay. right. She's describing what the beach is like. Oh, mm. I forgot. I forgot to comment on this. I thought it was so fucking weird how like. So he gets out of the cab, right? And they're going on to the beach and he stands on the sand and he acts like he, he's about to fall over. It's like, oh, come on. Like, like you're pl- like, they're really playing this. Oh, up. It's yeah. Like, like he's like from like, it, it's like he's a vampire. He's not from another fucking planet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's never stood on sand before. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's yeah, like falling down. So and she's weird. like, yeah, he's like, well, I never thought I never uh, need. So you're telling me that over like a thousand years, you never step on the fucking beach. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, he's never he's never stood on sand or anything yeah. like really. I didn't see the point. Really. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't see the point. Wow, this is fantastic. I love this movie. Now Jody's like getting a little upset, all right, because how okay, yeah. she's basically saying like maybe she's like a like a bad person because she's saying like maybe you know maybe in this whole thing I never wanted to be a mom. You know what I mean? Because she's having because. Remember, like, when she had the kid, she mm. basically gave up the kid to the dad because the dad's life was a little bit more, you know, structured. So the dad had money. Yeah, had money yeah. structured and stuff. And, you know, I guess she she was kind of... I don't know if it was, like, the dad, like, cheated on her with her or something. I thought she had the kid. But basically it was... You know, she basically gave up the kid willingly, thinking that she would maybe just, you know, see the kid you know, have regular visits, but then they stopped that. And that's why she did the kidnapping. And that's why she can't see him again. So now she's like, well, maybe, you right. know, I would never wanted to be a mom. I was just bad because, you know, maybe I'm full of shit and everything. Okay. Right. What I took, I mean, she doesn't really say this, but what I took out of it was that he was like, uh, you know, a rich guy who came to the strip, to the sad strip club. And then he, you know, charmed her with a lot of money and then he fucked her and then she got pregnant. And then she, he let she let him take the kid because he has a lot of money and then she was supposed to get yeah, visitation rights and then but he never he never did that and yeah then she tried to kidnap the kid and then then that went really bad so then when we're getting to this sad moment a cop randomly shows up saying hey what are you kids doing here <laughs> all right hey turn on that light and then the vampire and the most 80s <laughs> thing i've ever seen he did his old flash <laughs> moment and he took her jody and he got out of there Leaving the blanket behind, and the yeah, cop... that was a great special effect of them being really fast. <laughs> apparently, I loved it, man. I was like, yes, like because it, it, I can't, like it has to, it it that has to, it's supposed to be funny, right? That has to yeah. be purposely funny. Yes, and it's it's amazing. And then the cops like, wow, I thought I was talking to somebody. Yeah, I guess I wasn't. Uh, I guess I'm confused. So now, <laughs> so. <laughs> So now they're back in the cab, right? That's what I was going to yeah. say earlier. Now they're back in the cab, and the girl's like, well, I think I got some whiplash. And then, he, and then the vamp's like very intense. Take me to the Paradise Cafe. Yeah, the Paradise Cafe, that's what it's called. That's what that's what the Which strip is weird is to long. call a strip club a cafe. Well, you know, they while you're getting your, your lap dance with titties in your face, you get a nice club sandwich. Well, yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of like... <laughs> yeah, I used to know this guy who was like... Uh, you know, who would talk about how good the lunch buffet was at the strip club. I mean, like if you go to the strip club to eat, yeah, then you go to the strip club too much. Yeah, bro. He to, knows the whole you menu. You need to chill out on that shit. If you go if you're if you're eating at the strip club, you you need to chill out on strip clubs for a little bit. 
bro. They got they got great wings there, brother. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's so. So they go to the uh, the they get in there. He wants one more dance. All right, until he uh, does the deed. And Jody looks at the watch, and it's four forty-four. Okay, so we're we're getting yeah. close to the six a.m. Uh, Vamp he sees a mouse. Um, so but he he he, he controls himself because he's going to have the real thing later. And then we get this right. whole strip scene of Jody doing her, oh. her, her her stripping. All right, and she, he's getting so hot and wild by this dance strip. He's about to just bite her right there. All right, and he's about to bite her and take her and everything. And he just pushes her down, and he gets mad, and he throws the table. And this is when we see the Miller High Life on tap sign, brother, in the background. Yeah. And he wrecks the whole bar, basically. Yes. And then Jody now goes to him, and the vampire guy is now crying. All right. And, and then she's like, I want you to make love to me. All right. And then they start kissing. They start tonguing. And I guess they have some mm-hmm. vampire sex. All right. <laughs> yes. So now <clears throat> after they, uh, they do their deal, uh, the cab driver brings them back to the vamp house. And the vamp guy tells the, uh, the driver that, hey, you won't remember nothing. You'll, re- you'll erase all your logs. And you will, um, you'll go home. You'll find some wallet in the car by some rich guy. He's like, well, what did I do? What happened to my blanket? He said, you ate it. Ha, ha, ha. And he, yeah, well, he says, um, um, doesn't he say some rich guy got in your cab and you took his wallet? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Like, what a weird-ass detail. To well, maybe, there. you know, our boy Vamp, he likes to have, he, he has a little bit of comedian side. You know what I mean? I guess so, yeah. So now uh, Jody notices this, and she's like, well, you could have done that to me this whole time, couldn't you? Or the cop. He could have done it to the cop, the too, cop instead too, yeah. of just, like, them, like, running away, like the Flash. Yeah, our boy, our boy Vamp's like, well, I wanted to make it your choice. Throughout yeah. the movie, it was your choice. All right, that's why I did that little trick on you. Right. That's why I tricked you, so it'd be your choice. And he says, like, you know, and this is when he also goes on to, and this is when he says, like, you know, like, you got to remember, like, I can't just make you into a vampire. All right. You know, your stories and stuff, your lore is different than mine. You know, if if, if yeah. I can make you into a vampire, this whole fucking world would be run by a vampire. All right. Yes. He, yeah. But, but he says, like, but I got the next best thing for you. And so he cuts himself and he makes Jody drink his blood all right and he says just feed on me and you will feel like how i am and you'll see what i'm like how i am but it's only gonna be temporary it's only temporary though it'll wear off pretty soon yes and she's like starting to feel how, how you know how he feels like you know vampire style and she wants to go outside he's like i don't think that's a good idea so she like she like goes outside and she attacks the paper boy okay and the, the yeah. vampire guy stops her from, like, killing the paper boy. And yeah. then they go back inside. And, like, like I thought this was really interesting because, you know, you know, the vampire, was, this guy was trying to be very, like, secret. But, like, 
this girl almost attacked mm. this paper boy, and they didn't do their Jedi mind trick on him. So, like, this guy's going to be like, who the fuck are these crazy people that almost attacked me? And I'll bring some police over there. But they didn't really care about that part. Um, the biggest part of this angle right now is it's almost 6 a.m. So, mm. you know, he's like, hey, you know, it's time for me to feed. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to do this no more. He's like, what the hell? So she's like, tricks him, knocks him down and everything. And she's like running away from him. And she's like, no, no, you can't escape. Like, I got to drink, you drink the blood now. So what she's trying to do is she was trying to run out the clock, brother. Okay. And try to make it light outside so she can escape. And she found this little trap door that goes down to the underground and she went down there and she was trying to escape into the sunlight because, you know, he can't he can't go into the sunlight. If he does, he'll die. So we had this big right. chase scene throughout the whole house. And they eventually he, he kind of catches her before she can get out of the little uh, trap door in the underground. And she gets yeah. back up and then she runs. She kind of gets away from him again. Like, you know, because she's still like has his vampire powers right now like they're fading but she still has them. that's why she's like able to like be like semi equal to him with his power right now um if you remember she does hide behind one place and then she, like he's walking in then she like pushes him very hard into some of his 80s useless junk that's just hanging around <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the big angle was she goes into like the bathroom or something some sort of room and yeah. he actually bolted up a lot of his windows. Uh, but she's using her, her vampire uh, limited super, super serum to to break the bolts on the door. Okay. And he's trying to get in. And we have this angle where she's like, gets it open. And she's saying, don't come in here. Please just don't come in here now. Like, I was like, okay, well, wait a minute. You were just scared and shit that. He was going to kill you and stuff. And now you're like, don't come in here. And then, of course, like the vampire guys is like smiling now. He rips off the door like the Hulk. And he looks at the, the, the bright sun in his eye. He says it's beautiful. They touch the little hands together for stop motion. Mm-hmm. And then the movie ends. And then he dies in the sunlight. So he dies in the sunlight, brother. Apparently. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. What do you think overall? I, I thought the movie was okay. Like, it had some fascinating um, vampire lore that I liked. Like, I liked how they, in this universe, you can't, like, turn anybody to vampire. To a vampire, you're just, like, you know, you're born that way. You know, you're, you're like, born, like, a different creature who's, like, living on this earth. Um, I do like how this guy, like, he's not, like, a normal vampire, I like how he's like an outcast. So he, since he's an outcast, he he's more fascinated with the human life than than just like you know the vampire lifestyle. You know what I mean? Because you know you could tell like when he when he said that story about him, you know, losing his mom. He's like a kid and stuff, and the vampire community kind of cast him aside. Like he was, I think he, I think he was relating more to like the humans than he was vampire. Because, you know, he, he, he wanted to know what it's like to do human things. Like, you know, go out to the sun, go to the beach. You know, things like that. Things that he's never able to do that he can't do. He's very fascinated. He obviously was fascinated with some sex is there too. So I, mm-hmm. I, I like the whole, you know, 
the deeper meaning of the story on it and stuff. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was okay. Like I I don't know if this would be like a regular rotation for me, but I Until thought now. I thought it was a I thought it was a nice little story with some some deeper meaning to it. Um, the Jody character is like you know, an, uh, you know, very you know, obviously a girl, a girl on her bad luck, you know, with you know, can't see her kid. She's at a dead end mm-hmm. job. Uh, she's very depressed all the time. Bad things kind of happening to her. And then obviously, you know, when when push comes to shove, she really didn't want to take her own life. She wanted to save her own life. So you know, we're seeing those two meetings within the story. So, but I thought that was okay. You know, it was, it was okay. So. Yeah, I just thought it was really wild. It's just such a wild ass movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I liked it. I mean, I, it's not something I would watch a lot or you know maybe ever again. But um, I just I don't know. It's just it's just so crazy. Like it's just weird. Like that, you know. It's like almost literally like they're just like, okay, uh, we got to write a movie. We have two days to write it. What's our movie going to be about? We have a strip club and a haunted house. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Like you know, like I liked it how they um, they really like put some meaning into some of the backstories. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's yeah. it's not like where there's there's like a backstory and like we see the backstory happen in action. It's more like talking, talking wise. Yeah, because they couldn't afford to film the flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, brother. We only got three locations, right? <laughs> I got three locations. They can't afford to film a barn on fire. Do you know how much that fucking, uh, yeah, exactly. You know how much that fucking spotlight on the beach was? That's like half the budget. That was, uh, that, that was actual, that, that was the actual spotlight from Santa Monica Pier. They didn't even build that. <laughs> Just to rent that shit out, man. Come on now. That was a real cop for trying to find out what the hell they were doing. <laughs> That's true. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a fun one. You know, this, uh, I like it how, when I kind of described it earlier, we're, we're seeing like different, versions of these vampires like we saw like the uh count magnus you know in his everlasting boredom you know what i mean we saw fucking uh uh, miriam and john from last time the everlasting lust for partners and now we see with our boy vampire guy with his everlasting hunger that he can't get rid of so but to round out the vampire month next week here on the retro blood what kind of vampire story we're going to have because the boys are going to be coming back talking all about fright night yeah this is a classic have you ever seen this movie actually i haven't which is crazy you're gonna love this like i know it's a classic and mm-hmm. i've always heard of this movie before but i don't think i've actually sat down and watched it before but i'm pretty excited so yeah it's got chris sarandon um it's a it's a great film so fantastic and of course when that episode's end next week we'll tell you what we have going on for march which is going to be a big month there's like five episodes in fucking march man five episodes yep we might do a lights out too if i can convince allison to do uh leprechaun too Mm, we'll see don't get the people (laughs) for it i hated the first one (laughs) bro i love those fucking leprechaun movies they're so wacky didn't we do leprechaun the first year yeah, the first year, yeah. Yeah, and the second year we didn't do it at Leprechaun. No, I don't know if we did anything for uh for St. Patrick's Day. But uh if we can get the Leprechaun in the hood, that's my goal. So not in the hood. Right, Holy see. shit. And everyone where he goes into space. Yeah.
come on, brother. We gotta put everybody in. See, like the sp- the space <laughs> gimmick wasn't in the eighties. That's more like a nineties thing. That's you know a nineties I mean? thing. Yeah, they should uh, do a crossover between him and Jason Voorhees in space. Yeah, like we put they put a lot of people in space in the nineties, which is crazy. Yeah. Like they put like yeah. Jason in. Well, he, I don't think Jason was that in the nineties. I think it was Jason. Yeah, that, that wasn't Jason X. Was yeah, in the nineties. And then like they put Hellraiser in space, but yeah. Oh yeah, they did do Hellraiser space too. Yeah, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, everybody's going in that space, brother. But uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that maybe on the lights out soon. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens, everybody. That's what we do here on the on the retro blood. But everybody, check out the Facebook page, Instagram page, the group page, the YouTube page. All right, um, it's gonna be a big year for the retro blood. We got a lot of stuff in the works. So watch out for all that stuff. Best is yet to come. Yeah, like us on there. So you can get all the episodes. Uh, check out the uh, the um, the whole catalog that we have. We talk about many great movies and many more great to come. But Allison, what track are you going to be playing? Getting us on out of here, man. Let's play uh, from Annihilator's Allison Hill album. Let's play the classic "Burns Like a Buzzsaw Blade" because the uh, lyrics kind of fit this. Uh, yeah, fit this movie a little bit. Yeah, because you know I can see our girl Jody dancing. There's some buzzsaw blades going on there, seducing our boy Vampire Mullet Guy. You know what I mean? Vampire Mullet Guy, yeah. He's just feeling it, brother. He's feeling that buzzsaw going through. But everybody, we will see you here next week, rounding out our Vampire Month. Jay Austin, James Klein. We'll see y'all later. See you guys. Animal lust 
Tonight 